Wow. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope. We're glad that you're with us. Uh, whether you're here in the room, whether you're joining us online, uh, welcome. We like to begin our services with this greeting Christians have been using pretty much forever. The Lord be with you. Thank you. Uh, we believe that's true, that the Lord meets us here. Uh, whether we are uh, having a great morning and everything's going perfect or whether we just dropped our guitar and we're not sure it's going to work for us or not. Uh, whatever's going on, uh, God meets us right in the reality that we're living in. So let's bow our heads and pray to him as we begin. God, we thank you uh, that today you meet us right here where we are. Uh, thank you that out of love for us, you uh, didn't push us away when we found ourselves struggling, when we found ourselves well, more than struggling, when we found ourselves stuck in the sin uh, that we had uh, committed and the, the, the mess that we'd made of this life, of this world um, that you gave to us, God. You didn't just push us away, but you came to us. And out of love for us, Lord Jesus, you gave your life for us. You, you entered into our brokenness to bring your healing, into our death to bring your life, into our darkness to shine your light. So I pray you do that for us today. God, I pray that today we would experience your grace and your presence here with us, uh, especially on this Memorial Day weekend as we are uh, giving thanks for and honoring those who gave their all uh, for our freedoms. Lord Jesus, we, we acknowledge that you uh, I mean, these, these sacrifices point to your sacrifice. They remind us of your sacrifice on our behalf, that you gave your all for us to set us free, to give us a life that is, uh, that's worth living. So help us to experience that freedom today. Help us to experience your grace. Help us to experience your presence here, whether it's in a song that we sing or a prayer that we pray, uh, maybe in some scriptures that we read or, or at the table of our Lord Jesus, at some point today, would you help us to connect with you? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, if you're interested, if you're able, let's stand and let's sing as we begin today. What a fellowship, what a joy divine everlasting arms what a blessedness what a peace is mine leaning on the everlasting arms leaning leaning safe and secure from all alarms leaning 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 on the everlasting arms oh Saints of God are gathered home, we will 
Cherished plans have failed, disappointments have prevailed, and we'll wandered in the dark, heavy hearted and assailed. But we're trusting in the Lord, and according to His word, we will understand it better by and by. Temptations, hidden snares often take us unawares And our hearts are made to bleed for some thoughtless word or care And we will wonder why the test when we try to do our best We will understand it better by and by to read from uh, Revelation chapter 4 uh, verses 9 through 11. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. for this morning. Help, O Lord, for the godly are fast disappearing. The faithful have vanished from the earth. 
The Lord replies, I have seen violence done to the helpless and I have heard the groans of the poor. Now I will rise up to rescue them as they have longed for me to do. The Lord's promises are pure, like silver refined in a furnace, purified seven times over. Therefore, Lord, we know you will protect the oppressed, preserving them forever from this lying generation, even though the wicked strut about and evil is praised throughout the land. Pray with me, will you? Lord, this has been a really difficult week for a lot of people, not just necessarily in this church, Lord, or in this local body, but in this community, but Lord, throughout our country, throughout our world. Moms and dads <clears throat> suddenly have a fear again of sending their children to school. There are people in communities that are afraid to go out into public, to go to the grocery store for fear of what may happen, Father. But Lord, we know that you can overcome each and every fear that we live with, each and every fear that attacks us, Father. This generation, though it may seem so wicked, Lord, is not going to win in the end. Lord, you are a great God, great and mighty, mighty in valor. And so, Father, we ask this morning, regardless of what we may be concerned with, regardless of what weighs heavily on our hearts, regardless of the, the things that we have faced this week, Lord, the troubles, the trials, the tribulations, the grief, the sorrow, the stress, Lord, we trust that you are a good, good God and are bringing everything together, working it all together for our good and to your glory above all. We may not understand it, Father, and that's okay. We know that we can trust you no matter what. Lord, there have also been great things that have happened this week. There have been wonderful things that have happened. We praise you for those things, Lord. We may have to look harder for them, but they are still there. And every good and perfect gift comes directly from you, Lord. We thank you. Lord, we honor and remember those today who gave their lives so that we could stand here this morning praising you and worshiping you without fear and in complete and total freedom that only comes from you. Lord, we ask that you would be in the remainder of this service. Be with each person. May our ears and our hearts be open to hearing what you have to say through Pastor Rich and the word that you've given him this morning. Lord, pour out your spirit here this morning, both on everyone here in this room and those who are joining us online, those who will join us online later. Lord. We thank you, we praise you, we give you all the honor, all the glory, because you alone are worthy. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you. All right, take a couple of minutes as you're comfortable and pass the peace to each other throughout the room. All right. Hey, uh, just by way of announcements real quick before we jump into the message, if, uh, if you'd like, you can grab your smartphone and go to livinghope.info slash connect, or those of you online, obviously, you can click over there and uh, let us know you're with us today. You can give online as well, uh, or if you're here in the room with us, there are little green cards back there. There's an offering box back there. If you have a way that we could be praying for you or thanking God with you or anything like that, you can jot it on one of those cards. If you just got feedback or questions, uh, jot it on there, and just make sure you drop it in that offering box before you go. And uh, that's also, oh, right there too, I see some of you have already been putting them in there. If you brought those baby bottles back for the Women's Center, there's a little basket there. You can return them because today's the last day to get those in before they have to go back uh, June 1st. So um, yeah, thank you for all of you who are giving to that. Uh, Also, if you want to know more uh, about uh, Ukraine, you've got that uh, link in there. the, uh, the 6K, it's your last chance to sign up for the global 6K. Did I get these in the right order or am I jumping all over the place? 
all over the place, sorry about that. Okay, so the, uh, it's your last chance to sign up for the Global 6K if you want the half-off rate, all right? This was a beautiful thing that we got to do a couple Saturdays ago. Thank you again to all of you who participated. Uh, I think about 110 kids we ended up providing clean water for through that. Uh, you guys are awesome. So if you already know, well, yeah, I'm going to do this every year, and you know you're going to do it next year, you might as well go ahead and sign up now because another donor is going to pay for half of your registration. So you can do that at Valpo6k.com and just use the, uh, the promo code that you'll find there and, uh, and you'll get that for half off. That's only good through the 31st. So midnight on the 31st, that goes, that goes away. If you wait till June 1st, you wake up the next morning. Any of you ever do that? I feel like I do that a lot. I wake up the next day and I'm like, oh, what, when was that deadline? Oh, yesterday, I just missed it. So I don't want that to happen to you. So if you're wanting to get that half off rate, uh, you, can, you can do that. Um, and I know I wanted to mention the Herndons are coming. Uh, the Josh and Shannon Herndon, are their picture? Yeah. Uh, they are missionaries. Uh, they've been in Romania most recently. Now they're, they're moving to Italy. And they're here. They're in northwest Indiana. Um, they're going to be at Laporte, First Church of the Nazarene, this Saturday at 6 o'clock. If you would like to go and hear them, here's what's going on over in the western Mediterranean. They have been all over. They've been in Greece. They've been in Spain, I think, before that. They've been all over the place uh, serving God and helping lead churches. And uh, like I said, currently they're, they're headed to Italy. And so if you'd like to meet them, learn more about them, uh, they'll be in Laporte this Saturday at 6. That's on the back of this thing. Uh, if you, or you can just look up, you know, like plug like I did earlier into Google Maps. Like, okay, Laporte, Church of the Nazarene. Where is it? Oh, there it is on Ash Street. Okay, I can get there. And if you already know, like, oh, man, I'd love to hear from them. I'd love to know what's going on. But Saturday is not an option for you. They'll be in DeMott Tuesday night um, at 7, I think it is. And, uh, and next Sunday, they'll be just down the road at uh, South Lake Church of the Nazarene on Highway 30 at the, in their 1030 service. So all you 9 o'clock folks, you can just come here at 9 and then go over there at 1030 and you hear the missionaries. But anyway, so there's lots of options to be able to hear from them uh, the, in the next week if you would like to hear some of the things that God is doing uh, through the broader Church of the Nazarene around the world. You might not know this, but when you guys give, uh, a portion of every dollar you give goes to support what's called the World Evangelism Fund, which helps to, to fund mission work like the work of the Herndons around the world. Uh, of course, they are also open to other gifts that you might want to make. And so, like, if you wanted to go and give a special gift to them this Saturday or Tuesday or next Sunday or whenever you're there with them, that would be a beautiful thing too. All right? So that, that wouldn't hurt one bit. So... Um, in fact, some of you have already given to, to them, so thank you. Thank you for the ways that you've been, uh, you've been supportive. Was there anything else I was supposed to mention that you're going to flash on the screen? No? Okay, good. All right. So then, uh, then we can go into, into the message today. We are in this series uh, where the Church of the Nazarene throughout USA and Canada has been called to prayer. There's about a half a million of us uh, in churches this morning that have been called to pray specifically for God to direct us and to protect us and to reveal himself to us as we think about how should we be reaching out with his love and grace to our communities, right? And, uh, and so today we're looking at this idea of praying for, for revelation. I'm glad that Scott read from the book of Revelation. We've got a whole book by that name in our Bibles, and he read from that earlier. Uh, I thought about just doing the whole message this morning from that book, because it is a revelation of Jesus Christ. You read that in the opening verses, and, uh, and you get to see Jesus portrayed in some beautiful ways in the book of Revelation. It's, uh, we've, I've preached from that book, a little month-long series or so, uh, three or four times now, and probably will do again sometime in the near future. Uh, every now and then, some of you guys ask me, like, hey, when was the last time you talked about this? Or could you talk about this? And I've had somebody bugging me uh, the last few months saying, like, could you talk about, like, the book of Revelation and end times and how that relates to what we're going through? And so if you've got something that you would love to hear us talk about, I'd love to hear us address uh, from Scripture and where that connects, please let us know, all right? That does, uh, that does mean something to me, all right? Uh, I, I do my best to try to answer the questions that you actually have and not just talk about, you know, random stuff I think is interesting from the Bible, right? So uh, if, if that's something that you're especially interested in or if you have other questions or other issues going on that you'd love to hear us address, periodically we just do a series on your questions and try to answer them. But anytime, let us know. Use one of those little green cards. Let us know at livinghope.info slash connect. Uh, text me if you got my number and, uh, and let me know what you'd like to hear. So uh, so today we are talking about how God uh, reveals himself, and as we pray for God to reveal himself, where do we look for that? You know? And I've got two questions I put just at the very top of your notes. Last week I had two questions, and I kind of like that. I had two others that popped into my head for this week. Uh, the first one is, what do you imagine God is like? And what do you imagine God is like? And the, and the second question goes right with that. What shapes that imagination? What is it that has, has you know, shaped that 
that picture that you have of God, or that idea of, of who is God and what is God like. You know, we probably have uh, uh, all of us seen some movie that portrays God in some way, whether it was the, the old uh, Oh God, You Devil movies from way back in the day, or the more recent, you know, versions with you know, Morgan Freeman or someone else portraying God. I, I like Morgan Freeman's portrayal, by the way. Uh, he's, got, he's got God's voice, I think, somehow. Um, <laughs> But, you know, what is it that, that colors our idea of what God is like? We have so many different things that, that come at us. When, when we think of God as father, for some of us, you know, who our father was growing up, uh, ends up coloring our picture of what God is like. Some of you uh, for good, and some of you, that's made it a real struggle, you know? Uh, what is it that has impacted your picture of God and, and who God is? Uh, scripture obviously plays a role in that, uh, but, but for some of us, um, we start even maybe more basic than that, and uh, the Bible tells us that God has revealed himself through his creation. You know, just by the fact that there's a world out there for us to experience, and philosophers down through the ages have looked at creation, looked at nature, looked at the world, and have said, hmm, I wonder if there's something behind all this, Right? Now, not all of them, obviously. There, there are some just pure materialists who think there is nothing else and that all that exists and ever has existed is the, the cosmos, you know, whatever. Um, but a whole lot of folks down through the ages have said, you know what, no, this, this seems to be pointing towards something more, something greater, something before all of this, something that gave rise to all of this. And, and in Romans chapter 1 is one of those places where the Bible just acknowledges that. It says, ever since the creation of the world, God's eternal power and divine nature invisible though they are, have been seen and understood through the things God has made. The Apostle Paul there, he's, he's trying to, to set the stage there in Romans for saying that like all of us equally stand before God. You know, no matter who we are or what our background is, we all are responsible to God and for what we know of God. And, and there are some things about God that are just, he believes, are just kind of obvious from creation. At least his eternal power, his divine nature. He says these things are, are visible through God's creation can, can be understood through the things that God has made. And I'm guessing that, that some of you, um, you know, that's when you feel closest to God is when you're out in nature. That's why, that's why some of you aren't with us right now because you're out in nature right now and you're, you're catching this later online uh, because right now you're out on a, on a lake and in a boat or you're on a golf course or you're in the woods or you're, you know, someplace. And uh, because, not just because, hey, it's a nice weekend, it's nice to get out but because you feel close to God in those places. That's why some of you, after a hard day's work, you find a way to get out and, uh, and go for a run or go for a bike ride or get out into the woods or go to a park or someplace where you can kind of spend some time around trees and flowers and grass or sand dunes or waves or something because you feel like you can connect with God through what he has made. And God has revealed himself uh, through his creation. But it's a little bit, it's a little bit vague, I guess. You know, like... like uh, um, you know, a painter or a sculptor, you know, says something about themselves through the art that they make. But it's, unless they sign it, it's not like you're going to know their name, right? Uh, unless, they, unless they autograph that piece, you're not going to necessarily know what their name is or what, you might know something about the way that they work or something about, you know, how they operate or the tools that they use. But it's limited what you can discover just by looking at what someone has, has created. And so God goes way beyond that uh, and has down through the ages by revealing himself through prophets, through spokespeople, through people that God spoke to and then they spoke to others to say, well, this is who God is and this is what God is like and this is what God has said and it's what God wants you to know today. And, uh, and we can see this down through the Old Testament. There are at least a couple dozen named prophets um, and probably others that didn't get named, didn't make it into the story, people that at, at certain points in history uh, when people were looking for what God might want to say, God found someone to, to speak for him. Um, Isaiah famously, uh, in Isaiah chapter 6, I think it is, has this vision of God in the temple. And, uh, and God is saying, basically, hey, I've got a message for my people. Who will go? And, and Isaiah says, well, uh, I, I guess I'll go. You can send me. And God finds uh, men and women who are willing to carry his message to his people. Sometimes it's a message that they need to hear of, of great encouragement. Sometimes it's a message of challenge. Sometimes it's the kind of message that everyone loves to hear. Sometimes it's the kind of message that gets them thrown in a pit or killed. Uh, but God finds a way to communicate to people through words, uh, through prophets, who he is. And then those prophets end up writing those things down, or the people who listen to those prophets end up writing those things down. It becomes scripture becomes the Bibles that we hold in our hands or pull up on our smartphones or however it is that you access it today. These ancient documents come as a result of God speaking through prophets, speaking to people who recorded that 
message. The most famous of people, we don't often think of him as a prophet, but he did serve in that role and is called a prophet in Scripture, is, is Moses. And we've got there in Exodus chapter 34, God reveals himself to Moses so that he can be revealed to his people. And we, we read this in, uh, in chapter 34 of Exodus. It says, so Moses chiseled out two stone tablets. You know, we're kind of somewhat familiar with the story, right? Uh, like the first ones. Oh, yeah, because this happens after he had come down the mountain and the people were having an orgy or something. And he just smashes the tablets. He's so angry. And, and there's a whole golden calf episode. And anyway, uh, so God says, make two more tablets. Get up here. I'll, I'll repeat what I just said. And you can, you know, go back down with them. So. He goes up Mount Sinai early in the morning as the Lord had commanded him, and he carried the two stone tablets in his hands. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord, which doesn't sound like a name to us, right? Um, that's because it's a long-standing tradition from the time of uh, the Jewish people not to pronounce the name of the Lord, the name that God revealed to Moses. We're not even sure how to pronounce it exactly. Yahweh is kind of the closest, our closest guess based on the Hebrew letters that make up the name. Um, but God wanted them, his people to know, I'm not that God that, the, that your neighbors worship or that other God over there or that other God over there. Here's who I am and here's what I'm like. So he proclaims his name, the Lord, and he passed in front of Moses proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, his name, his name, right? Oh, and the, the little small caps there, in many of our translations, you know you can't see it on the screen because it's just all caps, but in your, in your handout there, we went ahead and put the small caps for the ORD for Lord. If you see that in your Bibles, that's, that's your clue that, oh, the, the Hebrew word that's being translated there is the divine name, okay? So he says his name, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining a love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished, and he goes on uh, to describe that. So God is describing himself to Moses, and this, this description gets picked up over and over and is quoted in other prophets, in Psalms, uh, the book, end of the book of Jonah. Uh, this gets picked up over and over again, describing God, that God is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. And faithfulness. This became core to his people's understanding of who God is, that he is a, a faithful God who makes a covenant with his people, who enters into this, this relationship with them, commits himself to them to the point that even when they disappoint him and disappoint him and disappoint him and rebel against him and rebel against him again, that he, he refuses to turn his back on them. It's like he says, we're like family. You're like my child. How could I ever reject you? How could I ever forget you? You may have to go through great difficulty for a time and, and suffer consequences for your re rebellion, but I'm, I'm not going to forget you. I will bring you back. There's a great passage in Jeremiah chapter 29. I didn't have room to put all this in there, so you might have to just jot some of these things in. Jeremiah 29, and you're probably familiar with verse 11, right? For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That, that is one of those prophets. Jeremiah is one of those prophets that got... Uh, chucked in a pit sometimes for this, his message. Um, but at this point, he's speaking words of comfort to his people who are in exile, who are going through great difficulty, just like some of you might be today. And that's one of the reasons, I think, that we gravitate toward this verse of hope where God says, look, I, I know you, I'm with you, I have plans for you. What we miss sometimes is the verse right before it where he says, after 70 years are finished for Babylon, the country that's captured you, then this will happen. You know, like 70 years, I don't know if I got 70 years to wait, but okay, you know. God is not going to give up, no matter how long it takes. And verses, just a couple verses after that, he says, look, you'll seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. God wants to be known by you, by me, by his people, by humanity. God is not trying to hide himself. God is trying to reveal himself. God is looking for ways to show us who he is. Uh, not just his name, but his character. To, to have a relationship with us. And so he does this time and time again through the prophets, through Moses, through Scripture. And that's why I included from, from the New Testament, the Apostle Paul talking to Timothy, uh, just says, look, all Scripture is inspired by God. It's useful to teach us what's true, make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong, teaches us to do what is right. He says God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. The Scripture is basically the writings of the prophets, right? Uh, that's the vast majority of it, is, is God... In fact, the, the people of Israel had this idea that God had revealed through, through angels to Moses or, or to the prophets that what his message was, his scriptures, and then they, they wrote it down. And so they'd, they'd kind of 
come up with this, this way that the message of God could get from God way up in heaven down to the prophets and then down to the people. And even you know, after Jesus, the followers of Jesus looked back and said, like all that scripture, it was, it was pointing us toward Jesus and it's, it's all still useful. It's useful in, in numerous different ways to, to shape our lives that God uses this to prepare us, to equip us to do every good work. Scripture is a viable thing. If you're looking for what God is like, I would point you primarily to Scripture, all right? It's good to look at God's creation. You know, don't get me wrong. I, I love it too. But you're going to see God much more clearly if you look at Scripture, if you read the stories about how God has been faithful to his people down through the ages, if you look at the ways that God um, rescues his people. So just a couple of weeks ago, I think, that I was pointing you toward Exodus chapter 3 where Moses encounters God at the burning bush. And says, look, I've, I've heard the cries of my people. I've come down to rescue them. This is, this is who God is time and time again in the scriptures. And then the thing that always gets me about that passage is that after God says, I've come down to rescue them, he says, now, now you go. <laughs> you go to Pharaoh and, and lead my people out. He says, I've come down to rescue and I'm going to do that through, through you. That's the way God seems to work in the world time and time again. You, you look to scriptures if you want to know who God is. That, that'll give you a much clearer picture than a Hollywood movie or, or a novel or anything else, right? And there are some great Christian novels. I know some of you have been really influenced by some of those. Or, um, but if you, if you want to know, if you want to get a, a good glimpse of God, and especially if you want your imagination to be shaped by something that you know is true, look to scripture, all right? Um, I think that's an important, that second question that I asked earlier, you know, what do you imagine God is like and what shapes that imagination? That what shapes your imagination is something that I think often we just kind of cruise right past. We don't think about what shapes our imagination or our intuition. We just kind of have this idea, well, I think God is like this. Okay, why do you think that? Well, <laughs> it's just all these different influences that impact us and that shape our imagination. And I would love for our imagination to be shaped by, by what God has said about himself, by what God has revealed about himself through Scripture. It's why we encourage you to, to read the Bible. It's why we encourage, it's why about every four years we do some sort of like year-long through the Bible series, which, by the way, is coming up next year. So next year we're going to do some kind of a series that takes us through the Bible and helps us to get a, a big picture of God throughout Scripture. All right? So God reveals himself through his creation. He's revealed himself through prophets, and we have the, the opportunity to read what has been written, to read uh, what God has revealed. Uh, I'm so thankful for the work that has been done by translators. Uh, just every week as I prepare these messages, I, I end up going to, I think BibleGateway.com is the website of choice for me for some reason that just works right for my fingers, but there are so many different ones or the Bible app on your phone where you, can, you have access to like, I don't know, a couple dozen good English translations of ancient Hebrew and Greek documents. <laughs> it's an amazing thing. I'm so grateful that we have the opportunity to do that. And then there are people who have recorded, uh, you know, voiceovers, readings of this. You can, you can, if you don't feel like you have time to read the scriptures, you can just open that Bible app and, oh, look, there's a little play button. Play. Oh, someone's reading it to me. I can just pop my headphones in and while I mow the grass or go for a run or drive the kids to school or whatever, you can just be listening to scripture, hearing uh, the stories of who God is and how God is described, letting your imagination be shaped by something that's true, so that when you imagine God, you're imagining something true about him. So God does reveal himself through creation and through prophets, but most clearly, this is a core belief of Christianity, most clearly God has revealed himself through his son, Jesus. If you want to know what God is like, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you look to Jesus. Uh, there's a book of the Bible in the New Testament uh, called Hebrews, written to people who had the, the Hebrew scriptures, who maybe had been uh, brought up reading them. And, and it starts out saying, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being sustaining all things by his powerful word. That, that little bit in there, the exact representation of his being. He's saying, look, Jesus is a perfect picture of who God is. 
And that's what much of the rest of that book in our Bible, in our New Testament, is, does. In fact, the rest of that chapter, he goes on to say, and, and so Jesus is, is much greater than the angels. He's much greater than Moses. That was good and all. It was great that God spoke through our, to our ancestors, through the prophets, many times in various ways. But man, so much, the, the picture of God is, is so much clearer now through Jesus. It's a little bit like... Um, how many of you, your, your TV in your home is, is one that's like shaped like this, right? I'm guessing most of us, the vast majority of us, it's like wide like that. Do you remember the TVs that weren't wide like that? They were, they were more square, right? Uh, every now and then, uh, I don't know if you, do you still have any movies on VHS or, uh, or old things? Yeah, yeah, I do too, yeah. Um, every now and then you catch something or, or you, you just catch something old on like Netflix, right? Or something, and like, hey, why isn't this as wide as the TV, you know? Well, because it, it just wasn't that wide, right? They, they made the switch to HD and then to 4K and then to, I don't know what it is now. I, we we kind of gave up trying to keep up with all that stuff, you know. Um, but the picture gets clearer, right? With it's each one of these transitions. If you watch something like an old VHS now or an old TV broadcast, um, I, I've just been catching up a little bit. The, the new season of Stranger Things is on TV. It's on Netflix. And so, you know, set, set back in like the late 70s, early 80s. And they're watching stuff on an old TV where you got to like wiggle the antenna and like hit it to, to try to get the picture to come in a little clearer, right? Because there's a lot of static and all of that. I don't know if you remember that. But anyway, um, you know, today the picture is so much clearer. And I kind of have that picture when I, when I read this, right? It's like, okay, we had a picture of God. It was, it was a true picture of God. But, oh, man, the picture is so much clearer now, the picture we have of God is so much, oh, it's such a better, it's a better picture, it's a clearer picture, it's more well-defined. We can see God more clearly now through Jesus than we ever could before. If you're curious what God is like, or if you've ever had questions, if there are parts of the Old Testament, if there are parts of the Bible that you read and you think, ah, I'm not sure what to make of this picture of God that I'm getting here. Okay, well, the picture of God in Jesus is the most clear one. So, so try to look through the lens of Jesus, all right? The picture, if you want to know what God is like, God is like Jesus. We know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. In, in John's gospel, as he introduces the story of Jesus, uh, he says the word, the way you're talking about Jesus before he was here, and, you know, the word became flesh, made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. Or some translations say grace upon grace. It says, for the law was given through Moses. And he said, that was, that was grace. That was the grace of God that, that God rescued us from slavery and, and told us who he was through Moses, through the prophets. We, we've received that grace already. Now grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. It says, no one has ever seen God. But the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. He says, you want to know what God is like? You look at Jesus. His grace and truth. He was full of grace and truth. Um, in his letter to the, uh, one of his letters to the Corinthians, uh, the Apostle Paul, um, he's talking about seeing the, the light of of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. There's another one of those places where it says, look, Christ is the one who is the image of God. If you want to see a picture of God, you look at Jesus. Oh, that's what I was forgetting. I, I was like, there was something I was going to say before, after the John 1, before I get to the Corinthians, that later in John's gospel, we have Jesus himself saying, look, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I just run out of room to stick them all in, in the hand out there. Um, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's saying, look, I, I'm showing you the Father all the time. I'm showing you what God is like. If you want to know what God is like, you look at Jesus. He himself says it. John says it about him. The author of the Hebrews says it, that he's the, the exact representation of his being. Paul in 2 Corinthians says he's, he's the image of God. And he says, for what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, which is his way of trying to quote Genesis chapter 1, right? That let there be light. Let light shine out of darkness. Made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. As we can, God, has, God has illuminated our hearts. He's made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of 
of Christ. There's a blessing that I often use at the end of our services um, that comes from Numbers chapter 6. We say, the Lord bless you and keep you, right? The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face to you and give you peace. And I, I kind of wonder sometimes when I pronounce that little blessing, like, do you, do you imagine that in your minds? Do you imagine God turning his face toward you, looking to you? And what, what kind of face do you see in that moment? Do you see a God who's like angry? <laughs> do you see a God who's disappointed? Do you see a God who's like, oh, I didn't pick you, but I guess if you got to be on my team, I guess I'll take you, you know. What, what do you think, how do you think God looks at you? You know, this is, this is saying we, we see God's, knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. And, uh, and I've just got to got that picture like, okay, Jesus is looking to you. What, what do you see when, when God turns his face toward you, when Jesus shows up and, and looks to you, when he, when he catches your attention, when he catches your eye? What do you see there? I'm hoping that you see what the Bible says you would see, that you'd see a God who is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. That you'd see a God who loves you so much that he held nothing back, but gave his son Jesus to set you free from sin and death. Or as, as it says in the, in the letter to the Colossians, the son is the image of the invisible God. God's invisible, so he's given us an image of him, and, and there he is in Jesus. He's a picture of He's the invisible made visible. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Like all of who God is was there in Jesus. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. That's what I mentioned in the, the opening prayer. So we talked about God meeting us where we are. That's what he does in Jesus. He, he comes to us into our messed up reality, broken by our sinfulness, by our rebellion against God. And he takes it on himself. He, he comes right into the midst of our mess. And by his death on the cross, he, he conquers sin and death. He sets us free so that we can be reconciled to God. It's like God was looking for a way to, to get us to come back to him. But perhaps like, like with Adam and Eve in the garden after they had sinned, Genesis chapter 3, how they went and hid from God, right? And God is, is call, calls them out. It's like God has been calling us out. And, and finally to show us that, like, look, you don't need to hide. You don't need to be afraid. He sends his son Jesus to take the worst of our sin and to die on that cross and then to conquer it, to, to raise him from death, to show us this, this picture of God's love, that he would hold nothing back out of love for you. And so if, you've, if you felt like there's anything that would hold you back from God, it's like Jesus is there to say, look, you don't, need to, you don't need to hide anymore. You can come out of hiding. You can be honest with God. You can come to him. He wants to reconcile you to himself. He wants to make things right between you. In, first John, um, in John chapter 1, I don't know if you remember, back a couple of verses back, what we were looking at, uh, he had said, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who's himself God, has, has made him known. That same phrase gets used in uh, there's John's gospel, and then there's these three letters from John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, uh, right before the book of Revelation. And in 1st John chapter 4, he uses that, that same phrase again, but to lead into it, he tells us, look, God is love. And he says this like three times in this chapter, God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. The, the invisible God his love, at least, can be made visible in, in you and me in the way that we relate to each other, in the way we relate to the world. You, you maybe have heard the phrase before that, like, you're the only Bible some people may ever read. Have you heard somebody say that at some point along the way? Um, you got all kinds of friends and neighbors, coworkers, classmates, uh, people who, uh, well, for some of you, not too many classmates now because you're, you're graduating. And, and, uh, but anyway, um, we've got people all around us, right, 
And God wants to, to reveal himself to them as well. And he may want to do that through you, through the life that you live, through them being able to see Jesus in you to shape their imagination of what God is like because they know that you follow God, because they know that you call yourself a Christian. They know that you show up at church uh, on Sunday mornings. And the way that you live might help shape their imagination. Like, well, if, if, if this person, you know, if, if Wanda is kind, maybe, maybe God is kind, you know. If, if, uh, if Greg is, is patient with me, maybe God is, is patient with me too. Right? And, and, and God can work through you to reveal himself to the, to the people around you, just like he's worked through others to, to help you have a better picture of who he is. You know, there's a verse that, uh, that I initially had in these notes, and then it got bumped off the page somehow, and I realized this morning, I was looking at what was printed out and what was on the screen, I was like, oh, that verse never, never made it in there. It's gone. So you're going to have to just jot to the side Ephesians 1.17. You're going to have to jot that in the, in the margin somewhere and look it up later. I will read it to you now uh, before we pray. And we're going we're gonna to do a little bit of uh, uh, different prayer time before communion here in just a moment. But Ephesians 1.17, it's part of the Apostle Paul's prayer for these early Christians. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And that's my prayer for you and for me is that each and every day we would know God better. You know, the Apostle Paul even was able to say that, that you know, right now our, the picture's a little murky. It's like we're seeing through a, a dim mirror. You know, someday I'll see perfectly. I'll see Jesus face to face, and I'll know him as well as he knows me. But, but for now, the picture is, is not entirely clear still. And so we each have a chance each and every day to know God a little bit better, for the picture to get a little more clear. And so I... I ask God to do for you what I ask him to do for me, that, that each and every day he'll, he'll give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we might know him better. Uh, what I want us to do as we, as we pray before we celebrate communion together is I want you to, uh, to imagine some scene from the life of Jesus. Um, and I want, us to, I, want us just to, I want you to picture yourself in it, all right? If, uh, if you've been struggling with... Uh, <laughs> with shame or guilt or over some failure of yours. Uh, maybe you need to picture the moment where Jesus has that woman caught in adultery brought to him and, and, he, and he says, well, I don't condemn you. And you need to see Jesus looking to you and saying, look, I'm not condemning you. But then he calls her to go and, and leave her life of sin, he empowers her to go and live differently. Maybe you need to see Jesus refusing to condemn you. Uh, maybe you've never felt wanted or never felt like you had anything to offer and you need to picture yourself in one of those moments of Jesus coming to one of those fishermen or a tax collector or, or a zealot or one of these different uh, people he calls to his disciples saying, come, follow me. And you need to picture Jesus saying to you, look, follow me. I, I want you to be with me. I want you to, to follow me. Maybe you've been feeling broken and you need to uh, imagine yourself in one of those scenes where Jesus comes to someone who is, who is broken and, and, and asks, what would you like me to do for you? And when they say, well, I, I want to see, I want to walk, I, I want to I be healed. And Jesus lovingly reaches out and touches someone, who, maybe a leper who hasn't been touched in a long time and, and brings healing. I want you to picture yourself in one of those scenes with Jesus, okay? So let's, let's bow our heads, let's close our eyes. And for just a moment, and I don't know which scene it's going to be for you, but pick some scene that maybe you've heard about, maybe one I just mentioned, maybe one that, that just is the Holy Spirit is bringing uh, up in your memories right now. Some moment from Scripture, from the stories of Jesus. And imagine for a moment that you are right there, face to face with Jesus Christ, the one who reveals the Father to us, the one whose, whose face shines with the glory of of God. And Jesus looks to you, looks right at you, right into your eyes, and you realize, oh, he sees me. He knows me. He knows who I am. He knows what I'm carrying with me in this time, in this place. He knows my hurts. He knows my failures. He knows my questions. He knows my doubts. 
And I am hoping that you can see in, in Jesus that he is, as we just read, full of grace and truth. That he is love personified. Thank you, God. Thank you for the gift of love that you have given us in your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that when we had all kinds of conflicting pictures of, of who you are and what you think of us, you sent your son, Jesus, to, to make it clear that you have more than enough grace for whatever sins we may have committed, for whatever ways we may have failed ourselves, others, that your grace is enough to cover all of our sins. Would you help us today to, to receive that grace, to experience your forgiveness? You came to, to tell us the truth about who you are, about who we are, by the value that we have, the role we can play in your great work in the world. Help us, God, not to believe the lies of the devil, but to believe the truth that you tell us about who we are and how much we matter to you. God, help us to experience the love that you have for us that is so wide and and deep and high and long. It's, it's, it's too big for us to comprehend, but God, we pray that you'd help us to experience this love, to know at the core of our being that we are loved by you, that you don't look at us with disappointment or with anger or frustration, that you look at us with, with grace, that you look at us with love, and then you help us. You help us to live a new life, free of the old lies that we believed, free of the old sin and shame, free of the old sins that had uh, kept us in chains, God, enslaved to those sins. You set us free. Today, we thank you for this sacrament of holy communion. And perhaps we can picture ourselves right now with those disciples, as Jesus, you celebrated that Passover meal with them. And you took bread and broke it and gave it to them and said, this is my body broken for you. And we see you handing the bread to us, looking in our eyes, telling us that you are giving yourself for me. You take the cup and you bless it and you hand it to us, and you, and you say, this is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. This seals the new agreement between God and humanity. When you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. And you took that, that Passover meal where we had been celebrating the great act of God of setting his people free from slavery in Egypt, and you turned it into a meal celebrating this great act of love as you set us free from sin and death. Thank you, God. Today we offer you these simple gifts of bread and juice, and we pray that by your Spirit's presence here that we might meet our crucified and risen Savior in his body and in his blood. We offer you ourselves admitting our need of your grace and mercy. And we pray that by your Spirit's transforming work in our hearts and, and minds and lives that, that we might be changed, that we might be forgiven, that we might be set free, that we might live a new life as your children, as the body of Christ, as your hands and feet. Thank you, God for the great love you have shown us in Jesus Christ. Continue to reveal yourself to us. Help us to know you better and better each and every day and continue to change our lives to look more like Jesus 
so that you can work through us to, to reveal yourself to the people around us. Thank you, God. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Uh, Scott and Dave are going to come and lead us in one last song as we celebrate communion together. I'll be here with a basket of bread and a cup of juice. And as we sing, you're invited to come forward, take bread from the basket, dip it in the juice and eat it. We've got the regular bread and the gluten-free wafers. And we've got the little uh, individual packets there as well. Uh, or if you don't feel comfortable uh, joining the procession, you've got those on your tables. And you can peel them back and get to the bread and get to the juice uh, as we sing. But this is open to all of us who are saying yes to Jesus today. All of us who are grateful that he has loved ordinary, messed up people like us. All of us who are hungry for his grace are welcome at his table. So let's give him thanks and let's celebrate. for us in your son Jesus Christ his death on the cross for our sins his victory over sin and death in the grave proving to us that we can be free that we can have life that sin doesn't have the final say that your love and your grace gets to define who we are and who we can be here in this world 
Please, God, continue to reveal yourself to us. Help us to know you better and better each day. And on this day, would you fill us with the spirit of Christ so that as we leave this place, we do so as the body of Christ, carrying your love, your grace, your truth with us everywhere you send us. We thank you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.